Our boy. Hey, we we love Nate on the show, but you gotta have Matola when yeah. you're talking. We're waiting for him to make an appearance. You're listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 247, Whitesnake, live in Ludwigshafen, Germany, 1983. And coming to you from the suburbs of Chicago, where we don't ask follow-up questions about Porsche Pirates, I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John Lunatic Asylum. Thanks for the nickname, Gardo. Matola. <laughs> That's right. Well, you were was was we were this texting was, about how you were in the Lunatic Asylum earlier. So yes, because this is very like I live on a second floor, so I have of course people above, people below. So yeah, you know, it's not you know they're all adults that live here. It's not like a college dorm or anything like that. But it's just like and and I feel like the walls are pretty well insulated. I mean, for the Again, 15 years that I've lived here, um, not a lot of problems. I mean, that well, the people directly upstairs had some major fighting problems like a while ago, but that stopped. So unless people are like screaming, you don't really hear anything. Mm. So today I'm in here and I just <laughs> I hear somebody sneeze like, you? and I'm just like, how <laughs> fucking loud do you have to sneeze that I can hear you up here, like from downstairs? And then all of a sudden I just hear the guy downstairs like, Bleh! and like, <laughs> What is going on down was there? Was that another sneeze, or was he like being scared by a ghost? No, <laughs> no, it sounded like he, like you know, like he touched a hot stove, or you know, was scared by a ghost or something. But it was just like a, just like a random like, yeah. And sometimes he'll do that too, like he'll sing, you know, here just like, you know, like bad bad singing, not good singing. I like, like whether he's in pain, sneezing, singing, it all sounds the same. He's singing. <laughs> I got this down here. I got fucking Mr. Bill upstairs. I got, you know, uh, living a friggin' crazy house here. Yeah. Somebody steals shit off of my front porch. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I forgot to follow up with you last week on that one because we had a, an esteemed guest on the show. But um, what, yes. what happened with your uh, your porch? Well, like I like I mentioned before, we started uh recording uh we were chatting before the show was um i mean i'm ordering a lot of stuff online as everybody is uh for for uh you know christmas and whatnot and i mean um you know the the amazon drivers or fedex or ups whoever is like it's a cross between leaving stuff out on the the front walkway or leaving stuff in the common area like in the front hall um i mean um and I've never had a problem with anything missing. Like sometimes a package will be like at the other entrance of the building or maybe across the street. So I'll like walk over and there it'll be. Nobody touches anything around here. But one of my packages out of like three or four that were sitting on the, the deck were all missing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so I waited for a day or two and figured maybe somebody brought it in, you know, or like, oh, wait, this isn't mine. And, you know, usually I'll leave it by my front door or whatever, but it's it's gone. So I... 
contacted Amazon for a return and they were just like, yeah, sure. You know, it's like I could I could have gotten it and just been like, yeah, I want another one for free. Yeah, sure. We'll send you a replacement. Why not? I'm almost two hundred dollars worth of stuff. And I'm like, OK, yeah. great. <clears throat> So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I guess they must have some algorithm to detect whether they're being <clears throat> scammed or not on that. Yeah, well, because I've had yeah, that happen I mean, a few well, I mean, times where they're like, just keep it. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> In fact, our well, neighbors, I mean, they have the same um, breed of dog that we have, but yeah. he's a lot smaller. He's probably mm-hmm. maybe 20 pounds, at least 20 pounds smaller than her. So they ordered him a new dog bed and they got it mm-hmm. in like, oh, this is way too big. And they're like, eh, just keep it. We'll send you another one. So it's just like, if it's too big, what are you, what are you going to do with it? But they knew we had her. So they're like, hey, you want another dog bed? And our old dog bed kind of got ripped. So I was like, sure. So she, she loves it. So we kept that. And um, so I did, I, I've gotten into the business of grooming uh well, I've been doing it ever since we got her because th- yeah. they they don't shed, but they require a lot of grooming. And, you know, a trip to the we haven't taken her to the groomers yet, but a trip to the groomers, you're looking at least one hundred fifty bucks. Um, yeah, depending. So uh, I I was like grooming her and it's it's always like a wrestling match. So I went on, on Amazon and I found a grooming <laughs> table. And it was like 120 bucks. I'm like, okay, if like if I use this table once, I'll have saved <laughs> the money sure. that she's uh, she would have cost us. So um, it comes in, and I'm like, this thing is massive. Like I measured it out. I'm like, because I measured her to see how long she was, and I'm like, okay, this is be a good size table. And I'm like, holy shit, what am I gonna do with this thing? And I open it up, and it's like a it's a it's all mar it's heavy as hell and all marble like a marble top. And I'm like, wow. I did not order a marble um, grooming table. Cause why the hell would you need a marble grooming table? Um, and then I start, I open the box and I'm, I'm, I'm ripping it open and I'm like, there's no legs or anything. It's just, it's just the marble top. I'm like, okay. And then I look at it and the, the side of it's all cracked and broken. And I was like, okay, well that's not good. And then I'm looking through like the, the paperwork and like how to set it up. Cause like, how do I set it up? Where are the legs? And then it, it's like, I, I've unfold the page and it's just this woman's uh, pres- eyeglass prescription. <laughs> I don't know if you've see, ever seen an eyeglass prescription, but it's like, oh, right eye, negative 9.4 or whatever. And I'm like, mm. oh, like what the hell is going on? So I contact Amazon and they're like, oh, sure, we can do a return. Just bring it to the UPS store. I'm like, I'm not bringing this thing anywhere. <laughs> it's huge. So anyway, I set up a return, got the actual grooming table and all as well now. But I was like, I, I don't know why. I think somebody else must have tried to return this and they were like, hey, honey, where are the papers that were supposed to be in this thing? I got to send it back. Ah, they're on the table. And she, he just grabbed it and threw her eyeglass prescription in there, <laughs> taped it up and sent it away. Well, I was going to say, if um, at the beginning of the story, when you were talking about how big it was, you're like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this thing? And I'm like, well, I mean, you could start you could start a massage business on the side, just have clients <laughs> yeah. over like, you know, it's really great having getting a massage line on a cold marble tabletop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I know, too, for a fact, I don't know if you looked into it or if it's easier for you to just stay home with the dog. But I know that places like um like if you got PetSmart out there on places like that have self-grooming stations where you have like a punch card type of thing and you buy like, you know, X amount of visits for like, you know, it equals up to like 20 bucks a visit. And you go in there and, oh, you really? know, they have 
the shampoo and like everything all set up and you just, you know, bathe them and everything there. No kidding. I didn't know. Yeah. That. I have to check that out. I'm, I'm new to this, uh, even though we're almost a year old, I'm new to this stuff, but. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if you're, uh, you know, if you're tired of, uh, basically like destroying a section of your house, you could just go, you can go to PetSmart and they, like I said, they have a whole section set up and they have the shampoo, the little the conditioner, like towels, air dryer, like the whole, the whole bit. And you just show them your card, walk in and oh, you, nice. know, you just buy like a number of visits. So it's good to know for an option. I've already made my money back on the grooming table. So that is well, good to there know. There we go. <laughs> I was started thinking of starting a business right out of my house. Well, when I, and funny when I looked at it on Amazon, I was like, "Let me find a grooming table. How much could they be?" And then, you know, there's this one that's like five thousand dollars. <laughs> it has like steps you go up, and there's like you said, like there's a a washing area and everything. I was like, I don't think oh I need God. anything quite that elaborate. I'll go with oh the hundred twenty dollar version. Mm. But anyway, folks, uh, we are on a live stream today. Thank you for joining us. We get a lot of heavy hitters in the in the uh, in, in the chat right now. So thanks for for signing on. We're doing a little bit of an early day one for our UK folks. Um, uh, so thank you. Well, European folks, I should say, not just the UK. Um, but yeah, so if you want to support our show, our podcast is 100% listener supported and ad free. So if you receive some value for our show, consider giving us some value back. You can support our show by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also buy some merch at our Etsy store, or you can become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. Help support the show. I'm looking over to my side here. I've got some computer parts ready to go, hoping to get some others and then um, order the rest. Uh, I figure if, you know, once if, if I can get all of these as gifts and then I can order the rest of them on a payment plan, I could just put that um, Patreon money towards paying that off uh, every month and we'll be uh, we'll be up and running on a new computer. So it should be great. Wow. Um, it's 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 coming to fruition, folks. It, the it new is computer after, fund. <laughs> I probably talked about it on episode one. I got to get a new computer. But this is this is uh, officially um, 10 years old. My my recording rig right now. And um, it's still goes fine, but um, I always like to stay ahead of it because if it breaks down um, or something goes bad or uh, we lose something on it or it stops working, whatever it is, uh, that'll definitely delay the show. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, be, becoming a patron on Patreon or on PayPal gets you access to our patrons-only Discord where we can have some great chats with uh, all of our great folks that participate in that. And um, it also gets you uh, access to the rating spreadsheet. If you want to look at our ratings and judge me and John for how we've rated things, you can uh, have access to that spreadsheet. Um, speaking of... Uh-oh, you got something going on in your... <laughs> I wasn't able to hit the mute switch quick enough. I was like, is that me or is that Nate? Oh, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't hear it on your end. So Zoom must've cut it out, but maybe on the actual oh. audio for the show, we'll hear it. Oh, it was a, uh, yeah. Car horn. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Zoom's good at cutting extraneous stuff like that out. Um, oh, right. Yeah, I went to hit my mute switch earlier, and then I realized I kicked my dog in the face. I had no idea she was down there. <laughs> She's like, what did I do? She did not care at all. Oh. I don't think she even woke up. She's just dead asleep down there. It's oh. freezing cold out. We just came back from a walk, so she's out. Um all right, so speaking of patrons, our amazing patrons at uh, the executive level, at the in-memoriam tier, the wonderful late Gerald, Jerry, Kelly, and family. At the $25 Uncommon Man tier, we have Ovis Nakvi and Purple Maniac. At the 15 Squid tier, and in the chat, we have none, oh, none other, oh, I'm sorry, he's not in the chat. 
I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I wish she was in the chat, though. Uh, but that is, of course, Alan. At the $10 Good Doctor tier, we have Dr. Mike Catan. At the Turn It Up to $11 tier, we have Clay Wambacher, Frank Tealgard, Mortensen, Mickelstein, and Will Porter, PhDPP. And at the $10 Someone Came tier, Ryan M., Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans, and Peter from Illinois. And at the Huesoween by 2033 tier, coming to you now in 2024, we have Fielding Fowler. I feel like I feel like it's still too long. <laughs> I mean, you, you'll, you'll be just editing it down until you're just like fielding Fowler. Blue. It's like that's oh, it. Blue. <laughs> <laughs> just the wolf and Dracula. That's, yeah, that's, that's uh, all you really need. Um, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll cut that one down. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, some uh, some updates. Uh, if you want to uh, check out other like-minded shows, please check out DeepDivePodcastNetwork.com. Too many shows to mention. The great Corey Morissette, though, mentions everyone on every episode. I'm like, oh, my God, he's a monster. He goes through mm. however many shows or 18, 19 shows now. Well, we used to until it, you were just like, all right, I've had enough. This <laughs> <laughs> takes a lot of time. Um, uh, so, yeah. So check out those great shows. If, if you are thinking of, you know what? If there's a band that you want to podcast on, look it up at deepdivepodcastnetwork.com. And you know what? If it's not there, start it and start doing that podcast and we'll admit you in. Um, and then we've got some upcoming shows. Glenn Hughes will be coming to the Arcata in St. Charles, Illinois, the pickle capital of the world. Um, playing with Enough's Enough and Bad Marriage on February 10th, John's birthday. Woo! That's right. John's birthday. Um, doors at 6.30 p.m. February 10th, 2024. Um, I have purchased tickets, so if you want to purchase one from me, just let me know if you're coming. John is still TBD. Um, but it sounds like either way, you'll probably be going to see Glenn Hughes like six days later. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so John might not come for his birthday and we'll his see. first birthday in a while, not spent with a deep purple bass player. Um, well, yeah. and then, well, that really, that spoils 2025 when I was going to take you to see, uh, uh, Nick Simper and the nasty habits, uh, to, to round everything out to say, you've spent, uh, you've spent your birthday with every bass player for deep purple. Mm, that, yeah, that's that. That's kind of that would be kind of an interesting collection to have. It's like, you know what my thing is <laughs> <laughs> to spend my birthday with Deep Purple bass players. <laughs> like, that's okay, my weirdo. flex. <laughs> that's my flex. All right, yeah, all right, weirdo. Well, how many people could say they spent three birthdays in a row with three different Deep Purple bass players? I mean, that's. Even two in a row with Roger is a pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that alone is worth bragging about. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is the uh, what is the other show coming up? Uh, the other show coming up is the Vi Satriani tour. The first time the two of them alone going on tour together. They've been doing a lot of promo on it to talking about all their different uh, various instrumentalists that are in the bands with them. I've never seen either live, so I'm excited about that. I also have four tickets for that one. So if you're interested in purchasing one, let me know. Um, and that? I actually that for that show, I got reserved a little like um, I don't know what you Opera call it, box? like a little. Yeah, like a little, not like a, not like the opera box. Like, like I got the opera box for Glenn Hughes, but for, uh, for Vice Satriani, it's like, it's hard to tell on the thing, but it looks like one of those little like 
rounded half moon booths with four seats. So okay. it looks like it could be pretty cool. And it's like in the mezzanine looking down. So it looks like it could okay. be a pretty, pretty cool place. I've never been to the theater. It's it's uh, it must be an old theater because it's called the Chicago Theater. And I'm I'm assuming since they use the Deep Purple podcast naming convention, that was probably named pretty early in the uh, in the, the Chicago mm. theater scene. Uh, but that one's actually in Chicago, so that should be pretty cool. And, April eighteenth on that when one. When is it? April when? April eighteenth. Eighteenth. Yeah, no, my parents will be in town probably that day or the next for my daughter's birthday, which is a few days later. So, um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that one up because that one, um, or at least uh, my um, um, my availability then. I'm gonna assume like nothing is happening in. On April 18th, there's nothing uh, remarkable about that day for me. Nope. Um, in particular, so I might be able to, uh, that would be something cool to get out there with. And uh, I have to probably fight your parents for the guest room. No, we have a second one upstairs you could use if, we've, we've done yeah, that before. Know, I think we did it last. more fun to like fight your, <laughs> fight your parents <laughs> for, like your, your friggin' dad last time. <laughs> He like comes yelling out of the house. I told you to get him home by midnight. <laughs> yeah, he's still gonna have a, gr- a grudge against you. I didn't um, think he still had it in him. He was just like came like he, like, he was like yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were in trouble, in real trouble there. Uh, oh, I know you, damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, everything we got. Uh, like I said, we're on the live stream here. Um, we should probably, since we're going to be getting right into this concert, and um, uh, Hall of Famer uh, Norman Weichelbaum is in the chat, so he'll have to... Um, he, he, he joined a little late, so he didn't hear my amazing pronunciation of Ludwig Schaffen, which hopefully is correct. You can tell me if I'm... If I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to get that right or not. Um, so yeah, before we get started, we should thank the next level of patrons. And um, uh, one, actually, one more thing. Let's let's as, as we do this completely out of order. Uh, remember the guy during the uh, concerto in '69 who was just wigging out in the crowd. He's just like, oh, like yeah, <laughs> and he's like very. So Stephen <laughs> Somerville, the concerto 1999 fanatic, and apparently '69 fanatic, um, said uh, he he messaged me a while ago and said. Uh, um, that that guy was like at a bunch of concerts and he's always like on the videos. Like, so he like, uh, huh. he sent me this little video. That's a compilation. It's about a minute long. So I'm going to play it <laughs> of all the different uh, concerts that, that he was filmed at. So here we go. We're going to share this here. Dancing man. I wonder who's, what his name is. Somebody must know. Here we go. Here he is at the concerto wigging out. And there he is again. <laughs> At the concerto, wigging out. Now here's the Rolling Stones in Hyde Park. I'm sorry. No, this is King Crimson. There he is. (laughs) Oh, he's got a partner there. There's another concert. There he is. <laughs> this is on YouTube too, so I'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can see it. Oh, this is a real good close-up of him. Now 
I mean, that was, I mean, that was a pretty, so, I mean, I'm going to guess that based on that, uh, they showed him because he was, uh, quote unquote, a little, a little quote unquote famous for being the, that wigging out dancing guy. But also, I mean, that's, I feel like that's a pretty, that was a pretty common, like sixties, like dance that people would do. Yeah. Just, just like kind of, yeah. That kind your of, arms around. Yeah, that's that's the kind of like hippie type of stuff you saw. It's kind of like, eh, I'm on drugs and oh, you know. <laughs> like, so it wasn't really. You didn't have to have any talent. You just had to wig out. Yeah, it doesn't look like it takes a lot of training to learn that dance move. Um, but he does it really well. So, oh, the last one he says was at Plumpton Festival near Brighton um, when the Who headlined. In 1969. Mm. So it's funny because everyone's just sitting there and the audience just kind of watching, just, you know, eh, eh, ho hum. And he's just standing up. So he's, you know, stands up from the crowd and he's just, ah, just wigging her, wigging <laughs> out. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's feeling the music. So we love it. Um, all right. Um, so with that, it is time to move on to, of course, our um, patron section, our next patron section, so we can get right into the concert here. Um, and here we go. Where is it? Okay. At the core level, um, at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, we have Michael Vader. At the $6.99 New Nice Price tier, we have Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. At the episode $6.66 tier, Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith. Getting support from the patron Arthur Smith. Live in the chat with us. Anton Glaving, Charles Meadows at the $6.65 Almost Evil tier. We have Kenny Wymore, Michael Bagford, and Richie Sucksmith at the $5.99. The nice price tier. Robert Smith, Peter from Illinois. Oops, forgot to take him out. You get a double thanks, Peter, for upgrading. And Carl Helberg at the 60 Kroner Scandinavian Knights tier. We have Newt Morton Joe Hansen. Had to drag that one out as I found it. At the $5.55, what's going on here, Tier? We have Richard Fusey. And at the $5 Moneylender Tier, John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexi the Perfect Stranger, Slepikov, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zern, Cynthia Doobie, Raf Kaff, and Coyote Bongwater. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the Deep Purple Podcast. Okay, so will the dancing man be in this live performance? I don't know. Um, but uh, this, so I reached out to Jorg uh, and I said, hey, if we wanted to do, we, we haven't done a live White Snake video. We've only done uh, live in the heart of the city audio. So I said, if, if, I, if we were to do a live video concert, what would be the best uh, video to do? Kind of maybe the earliest. And he recommended this one. Uh, uh, as I said, live, live from Ludwigshafen, Germany, 1983. Um, it's a full show. And it's, he said, unfortunately, there's not really a, any video of the live classic lineup of the Moody Marsden era. So um, nothing full, unfortunately, because that would be great. Uh, so we'll start here. This is one of the earliest um, live full White Snake shows that you can find. And um, yeah, with that, I think here we go. Let's kick it off. SWF 3 Festival, live aus Ludwigshafen, aus der Friedrich Ebert Halle. You're okay. We are feeling all very happy. Wir sind alle toll drauf. Und jetzt 
White Snake. Nice. I was going to ask Norman if he could give us a translation, but it looks like he translated for us. <laughs> he didn't waste any time. First nope. move. Microphone penis. Unbelievable. Mike stand. <laughs> now he's, he's... Wow. <laughs> so you got Mel Galley back there. Oh, sounds like Gambler. Yep. Well, there he is. There he is, the man, John Lord. John Lord. <laughs> I think it's interesting how Coverdale always stuck that bottom part out with the three prongs. You figure, like, to make it look like a microphone dick, he'd stick it out the other way, but... Yeah, and he could, he's he's going to use the like prongs, an alien, the prongs an alien behind dick. him to kind of hold it in place. <laughs> oh, okay. Nice. Standing in the shadow. I was not expecting that one. Yeah, I've actually got the volume up way louder than I normally do because the, the audio is not great. Yeah, interestingly enough, I haven't seen any classic live White Snake shows like on video or really any live performances. There's that one like uh, maybe some maybe there's clip. that one promo video they did, which they did like four songs or something. But so who do we have here? We have Coverdale, Lord, Cozy, uh, Colin Hodgkinson on bass, Mickey Moody, Galley Lord. Oh, you said no, uh, no Bernie, huh? Bernie was yeah, out no at Bernie. this point. Oh. So this was, um, so this was right before Slide It In, right? Yep. Mel Galley's wearing an awesome white snake shirt, like a like one of those baseball shirts, yeah. with the three quarter sleeve. Oh, I guess it's not a three-quarter sleeve. It's just a little bit longer than a long than a t-shirt. My dog is completely lying across my cough switch. I can't even get to it. Oh, yeah, that is a cool shirt. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's like not quite a baseball tee, but looks like one of those, uh, what do you call it, quarter length sleeves. But yeah, I like that. I think they have T-shirts like that now, too, that with the kind of like cutout pick of Coverdale. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Moody's <laughs> having a blast. Moody looks like he's having a good time. Oh, yeah, it's they funny. Put the, they put up the title of the song now. It's I was going to say, they put it up now. The song's halfway over. 
you know, just energy, looking though. at the 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 crowd and the reaction they're getting and the energy of the show it's if if they never kind of went the way of the 87 album they probably would have just done okay at this level oh yeah i think that they were always did pretty well in europe it seems well yeah i mean it doesn't look like they were uh like they weren't doing too bad i think coverdale's wearing his uh turquoise bracelet that he wore at um california jam Sounding great. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. Going Love right into Rough and Ready. See, now they're like, oh, we should put it up sooner, rough yeah. and ready. <laughs> yeah, the guy in the director's booth is like, you're killing me here. My Coverdale uh, had the moves back in the day. Yeah, he's, I mean, just so much energy. And I mean, he's... He's done the mic. If you're not only listening to the audio, he's done the microphone stand penis thing at least 25 times so far. We're only at the <laughs> beginning of the second song. He had done it about three times before they even started playing. And I mean, for the amount that he's like posing and moving around and jumping around, singing pretty well. Nice. You hear that bass? Yeah. Really going for it. Yeah. Now, I know there's audio releases of this, too. It was released as, like, a bootleg in Germany in, like, the early 90s. So I don't know if you get a better audio from that. Giving everybody their due. <laughs> and Norman, if you know anything about Ludwig Schaven, for example, am I butchering the pronunciation? Let us know. This is great. He's just giving everybody a little turn and Yeah. In the meantime the bass is like slapping and popping in the background. Yeah, he's going nuts. Oh. Moody's having a blast here. It's funny because Colin Hodgkinson's playing with a pick, but you still sounds like you hear a lot of like slapping and everything going on. Norman says uh, Ludwig Schaven is no place to go. <laughs> Industry city. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's even calling out Ludwig Schaven. 
Yeah, I'd say as far as like energy on stage, they're just in all in top form here. Oh yeah, this would have been a great and show to be. Seen a White Snake show back in the day, like live. Yes. Are they ready and willing? Wow, everybody's like... (laughs) Everyone pumping their fists. It's like they were all... Like he trained the audience ahead of time. (laughs) So interesting fact, Ludwig Schaven was the site of the first ever aerial bombardment during World War One. First time the hmm. bombs were dropped from an airplane. Yeah, well, that's a place you want to go see a rock show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 1915. Wow. I, li- I do like the no frills font they're using to put these <laughs> songs at the bottom. It looks like a public access TV. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, the quality isn't top notch, but I mean, it's definitely good enough. Like, it's definitely watchable, listenable, and I mean, uh, we're getting a lot of good angles here too. Oh yeah, and if they, if they had the rights to it or whatever, if they wanted to re-release this or something, and just if they could. Um, master the audio or get the actual audio recording in a better form and, and just touch up the video so it doesn't look so old. I mean, this could, this would be a hell of a release. I wonder if things like this would be more prominent in the future with uh, AI getting uh, better. It could be. Like AI cleaning up the audio and the video and if there isn't like a good master print available, for instance... Yeah, I mean, I think AI in the right hands, as we've seen with, like, the Beatles thing, it can really be used really well. Um, but it's just so funny. I saw just the other day someone said, the 2024 uh, swimsuit, um, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition cover, and it was, like, an AI woman, and she had, like, three arms on one hand, and there was, like, a, a hand growing out of her hip <laughs> on the other side. Oh, Jesus. Just, yeah, sometimes... As you know from our Christmas episode, sometimes it's just not a hundred percent. Look at that guy's sign. It just says sweet. <laughs> He's holding up a big sign. Yes, sweet. Gardo is saying AI will fix Coverdale's microphone stunt. <laughs> Maybe it'll turn the stand around, like you said. He's holding the microphone out to the crowd. Those are some 80s hard rock dudes in the crowd. 
Yeah, huh? Norman says the age of the lights, the long sideburns. I couldn't even really tell with his hair down as long as, long as it is, but his Coverdale sideburns are out of control. Are those his sideburns or are those... Well, when he when he forgot to shave his when he was shaved his beard, maybe he forgot to do the sides, and he was like, "Whoa, gotta no, go just down the side for a show in Ludwigshaven." <laughs> but yeah, you could tell earlier when he flipped his head back, you could see those big ass sideburns. It's interesting, Galley and Moody both playing Les Pauls because I was always under the impression that it wasn't a great idea to have like two of the exact same guitar if you have a two guitar band that was something my my buddy Chris always told me when working in the when we were working in the studio and when we were in bands together is just like, like if they're live? both yeah like if they're both the exact same guitar or like they're both Les Paul's going through Marshalls they kind of like something with the face like something with the the tones will just like there's there's not enough distinction between the two, but mm. clearly it's working okay for them. So, yeah. Okay. Cheers, bros, to this evening. Here's a song for you. This is a song from Come and Garage. It's called Don't Break My Heart Again. Yeah, whatever was in that cup, Coverdale just blasted yeah, I mean, it down. I, would, I assumed Probably it was water. water, but then he, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. They're little cups. I always noticed that there's like a famous picture of like Gillen and John Lord backstage at something. And John Lord's drinking with his cup and it's tiny. It looks like one of those cups you get at the dentist. <laughs> He's just like drinking. Like it's like, I assumed it was water, but it's, it's a little plastic cup. I mean, look at this audience. Yeah, like they are. They're just hands up, clapping through the whole thing. Yeah, you got a few women like up on the shoulders and like everyone's just clapping in sync. I mean, they are into it. And this, this would have been, um, well, yeah, this would have had to be West... Germany at this point because this would not have been happening in East Germany in 1983. Ah, so good. Oh, I missed the T at first, so I thought it said don't break my hair again. <laughs> I just I just want to see them like get one of the titles wrong. I think that would be funny. It's it's entirely possible. I it to me it's like it's funny that like they put the title up so late. It's almost like they've got like some guy that's hunting and pecking, like. <laughs> or I mean, you'd probably be like if me if you gave me this German song title, I'd be like, ah, I can't spell uh, the, this. Ah, uh, the hunt and peck. My dad still hunts. My dad claims to be the fastest hunt and peck typer uh, on planet Earth. I can type super fast, but I make a lot of like spelling errors. <laughs> Do you hunt and peck? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, I took a, I took keyboarding in seventh grade, and uh, that's where I learned to type the correct way. I took I took typing in eighth grade, and I remember you were probably in Jeff's class because Jeff was like, ah, I can do the home keys, and he was like, 
showing me. Yeah. But in eighth grade, we learned it, but my school was a little different than yours. So we learned on one of those typewriters with the big, like, like the big, <laughs> every key had its own arm. It wasn't oh, even right. one of those, like, IBM electric keyboards. So we'd all be, all be in there, like, and my, my teacher spoke with a lisp. So he'd be like, S, W, S, space, S, W, S, space. And we'd all be doing what he would say. That that is the wrong person to be teaching anything about uh, <laughs> words. Yeah, I learned it, but you know, like if you type if you type too fast, like the keys could get like jammed together if the letters yeah. are too close. No! No! Mickey Moody is just like one of the coolest guys ever. You know, thing he looks like. He's really looks good. Like if you've seen him lately, like he just looks, he aged well very preserved. well. He just looks like a badass. Yeah. If I've anything, seen he those, looks um, cooler now than he did then. The, uh, the video of him and, um, uh, him and, uh, Bernie, uh, doing the acoustic thing together. And I remember thinking that when I saw him, like, wow, you know, Moody looks pretty, uh, yeah. Aging pretty well here. Yes, Gardo is asking what kind of guitar the guy with the hat is playing. <laughs> Mickey <laughs> Moody. With the uh, that is a Les Paul. Only Les Paul's in the building right now. What's hanging off of uh, his belt, Coverdale's belt? There's a good close-up of that turquoise bracelet. He has like keys, like it looks like keys like a janitor would have hanging off of his belt. <laughs> Maybe they were the keys to the back room, darling. <laughs> he throws them out to all the ladies in the audience. He's really humping that mic stand now. I can't believe with all the swinging around of that mic stand, you don't hear any, like, clunks. <laughs> Unless they edited it out or the, the sound man just dropped those faders the second he saw him lift it. Maybe. You all right? <laughs> Johnny Good We're going to do a song for you From the Saints and Sinners album Hope you like it That guy over there has like a Here we go, here I go again A guy oh, in the audience looks like he went as, as a Mickey Moody uh, cosplay He's wearing the same hat <laughs> Mickey Moody cosplay This will be interesting to see if he uh, uh, Stuck with the hobo line Oh, yeah, it's what, 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 a year later or something? I bet he didn't change it until he be, he Americanized. Probably, but... I ain't wasting no more time. 
It'd be great if he had an intermediary word that he, he knew he didn't want hobo, but he hadn't arrived at drifter yet. Like a homeless person who's meant to <laughs> a <walk>. bum. <laughs> like, a bum. <laughs> like a bum. I was meant to go <laughs> Oh, that would have been fantastic. Or if that was the first thing that they pitched, you know, bum. Yeah, how about hobo? All right, let's go with that. That's a little softer than bum. <laughs> So you got Galley and um, Moody backing him up on vocals here. Oh, there you go. Yep, that answers that. Ivan is in the chat saying it's great to see a crowd with no mobile phones. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of. Although when we went to go see, <laughs> we went to go see Hughes. I took like a 12 second video and then that was it. Yeah. But during Ingvay, I took so many videos. <laughs> well, how could you not? Just for those of you keeping track, they just put the title of the song at the bottom. I, I've I've gotten into the habit of maybe uh, snapping like a short short couple of videos, some pictures like intermittently, but I won't. I, I just prefer to enjoy the moment, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? There will be plenty of other people to post or send me pictures or videos. Well, I I've gotten to the point now mine. where I'm just like, yeah, you could go, you could leave the show, go home, and then go on YouTube and find people from the exact show that were like probably three seats over from you that have already put it on YouTube. So I'm like, ah, I'll let them do the work. But I get it, you know. I think some people are really harsh about that. Like, oh, they're, oh, they're filming every These kids today film everything. But, you know, let people enjoy things the way they want to enjoy it. They want to share it with everybody. I always, I always loved the original Solo. I just thought nice. it was very melodic. He, he looks like he's got like the Brian May guitar all of a sudden, Mel Galley. What does he call it? Like the, was it the Red Rocket or? Red special. There you go. Our buddy Dan's got one of those Brian May Red specials now. Where is Colin? <laughs> he's go oh, he's, he's back there. They got like no lights on him. He's like, there he is.
twice. So the only thing I don't, I don't know what venue this is. We got a... Oh, they're just chanting White Snake. We're going to introduce to you during the course of this next song. Also, there's an awful lot expected of you people on this next song. In fact, you've got to take the roof off singing. Okay! Okay! feature. <laughs> <laughs> On bass, Mr. Colin Bomber Hodgkinson. I play the instrument of the devil, sly guitar, Mickey Moody. <laughs> the instrument of the devil. And here's a song for ya. This is called Yahanta! Alright. <laughs> he just did a really nice hump. <laughs> He's, it's, it's. It's like classic, um. Spinal tap, <laughs> cock rock sort of stuff. So apparently this was at the Friedrich Ebert Hall. Oh, nice. John Lord's got a really good. This is one I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to search out for an audio version of this. It looks like he's got one of those little keychains that's got the different screwdriver heads on it. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Like a little, like like a little, what thing with like friggin' uh, like hex keys on it or some shit. With it's got it's like a little circle and then there's four little screwdriver, different size screwdriver heads on the corners. Not that this corner's on a circle. <laughs> they just put Love Hunter up on the screen, but they they put it as two separate words. It's usually it'll be like you know, Dick's Love Auto Hunter. Repair on it, and it'll have like the little screwdrivers. You know, you think about it, Coverdale really carved out like a little niche for himself there because how many singers do you know that have like a thing with their microphone? Like, you know, you got Steven Tyler with the scarves. Yeah. Yep. You got Coverdale doing the this thing. Who else? I don't know. I can't think of anyone else that does anything too crazy. There's a few singers that like spin it like around. It was um, what, you know, Roger Daltrey does the like... Yeah. He like whips it around like it like, looks really dangerous. <laughs> smoking, smoking solo by. Um, yeah, it was awesome. Marsden. Um, Moody. Moody Marsden. looked. Uh, he looked just as surprised as we were when he's playing. He's like, oh, oh that was good. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, damn, I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm smoking. I agree with Steven in the chat. We, people need to give Moody more credit. He's just incredible. Blackmore's tight says Freddie Mercury and his his uh, handle grip thing. I almost 
Ja. Hey yo. Maybe he's wiggling around so much because those jeans are pretty damn tight. <laughs> Coverdale's got those things painted on. I love Hodgkinson. Looks like he's in like a country western band with that shirt. He's doing his black shirts with like the the design on the top. Yeah. Giving it to Bomber and Moody here. Nice. It's like they heard you, Steven. They're like, oh, you like Moody? We're going to give you a little extra. Kind of a different concept as guitar slash bass solo oh now you get a good close-up of his style now nice <laughs> great tone like this really percussive heat. It's turned into like a Victor Wooten concert all of a sudden. So I don't think he is using a pick. I and Bomber is singing now. really cool he's I think he's using a pick and then he's like 
moving to plucking with like his three fingers, or he might even just be using his thumb to strum it. Mm-hmm. No, that's got to be a pick. But then he'll like cup the pick in his fingers and then use like his thumb and his index and middle finger to just yeah, pick out very, individual uh, notes. Very cool. Very interesting. <laughs> Peter just asked how many spare picks on his mic stand. Not a one. That was awesome. Wow. <laughs> Moody just goes back, back to where he was. It was like he wasn't even <laughs> expecting that. Oh, oh, okay. You're just hijacking my solo, I guess. I should have known Jorg never disappoints, but this is uh, this is far exceeding my expectations so far. It's an incredible show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured it would be good. I didn't think it would be this good. Moody's doing like the greatest little dance. And he's got the like little wristband on like Dave Mustaine. Slightly different style though. Hell's breaking loose now. Nice. And that's the great thing about Coverdale. Like, I, you know, I'm sure, like anybody else, he could have been difficult to work with and could have had an ego and all that, but he's, he always seemed to, you know, he always gave like Moody and Marsden and Hodgkinson at this point, like gave them opportunities to sing and do their own thing. And that's cool. Like he, you know, a lot of other people in that position, I, I think could be a lot more controlling. And I'm sure there was some of that because there always is, but. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he positioned himself as the face of the band and it's his band, but. As we've seen on the albums and so far in this concert, is that he provided equal opportunity for everybody to shine. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of other 
he he was confident enough in his in his ability that he didn't feel threatened by that. A lot of other singers would be like, "No, all eyes on me." It's hot enough to boil a monkey's ass up here, you man. I'm going to uh, there's somebody fondling a woman down here. You can throw her up here when you're finished. Very nice. Song from the Saints and Wow. This is a blues song. Gives an opportunity to introduce another new friend of ours on guitar, Mr. Mel Galley. Hot enough to boil a monkey's ass. I've never heard that expression before. That's a good one. It's going to be introduced by mm. John Lord and Mickey Moon. Our UK folks will have to tell us is that a, a common expression that just never made it over on this side of the pond? Or is it a Coverdale expression? <laughs> it could be something he made up on the spot, but it could be like an old expression. Who knows? Oh, wow. They put the title of the song up really early this time. a Monty Python quote. I should have known that. Oh yeah, I guess they say my monkey's bum. <laughs> but Coverdale's a little uh, more brash. Have fun. Arthur Smith is on his way to see Graham Bonnet. I forget he's going to see him tonight. Ooh. So he's he's leaving on the train now. So have a blast. Can't wait to hear about that show.
Mel Galley is such a badass. It's amazing just how how short-lived this lineup was. Yeah. I wonder how many opportunities there even were. Like, how many shows did this lineup even put out? Speaking of Mel Galley. Fucking Galley tearing it up. Oh, it's a great tone, too. surprised I always loved his playing in trapeze as well yeah and I guess it's just hearing that live feeling he's getting with White Snake whereas all the White Snake albums of this period were so fragmented with people coming in and overdoing people's parts and all that you get to hear them in like an improvised spontaneous live setting like this is just something different Imagine if Hughes had it together and they had this lineup with him on bass. Oh. You have like some of Trapeze, some of uh, Deep Purple. If, yeah, if he, if he had. Just mixed in here. Yeah, if, if he had been more, more been. with it, like that's a, that could have been a real possibility. Flange going on there. having to remind myself that these guys were all significantly younger than we are now. <laughs> I just always yeah. think of them as these larger than life guys who are Well, it's because they were always older than they us. They were always so. older than us, but yeah, looking at this now, I'm like, man, I don't even want to know how old Mel Galley was. Let's see. 
Yeah, 35. <laughs> I would have looked a lot better in jeans at 35 as well. <laughs> Damn, Coverdale too. He was like, what, 32 in this? Yeah, something like that. Cause he's what? He's born like what, 51 or something? Yeah, so he would have been 32. It's crazy. And it's also amazing just how much younger they are than us and how much they had already accomplished. <laughs> yeah. What the hell have we done? Oh, holy hell yeah. Yeah, just right into Soldier of Fortune. Wow, going into some deep purple. When I take your hand and sing Come play with me and love me, and I would shoot a stone. But I feel I'm growing Looks like people are waving their hands like they're holding lighters, but I don't see any lighters. Interlude. Nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was cool. A little delay on that. Come on, come on. So Mel Galley on guitar. Okay, we're up to a place now where. We're going to introduce to you, I reckon, a friend of yours, or two friends of yours. Please welcome, before I forget, my good friend, John Lord. A little before I forget. I mean, that had to have been a reference to his solo album, right? Yeah, he's playing, he's playing it. I mean, you don't, you don't just forget that John Lord is in your band. <laughs> oh, before I forget, before I get this freaking genius over here. <laughs> oh, nice. It's cool because yeah, he would have done this album 
right that was around. 1980, right? I think it was 83. Let's see. Maybe it was 82, but I think it was 83. No, 82, I guess. Yeah, so he had just done it. Close up of the ashtray on the side of the keyboard there. <laughs> He's like just dripping sweat. Hardcore Moog action there. <laughs> okay, they did get one wrong. They called it burned wood instead of burnt wood. It looks like burned wood. Burned hood. Burned hood, yeah, it does. They got the idea, but. be scared to death if that thing would tip over. <laughs> when they went on tour, I wonder how much it cost to insure John Lord. <laughs> They're like, we've seen what he does with that organ. Like, uh, your rates are going to be a little high. Or do they have a backup rig planned in case he crushed, he broke both his legs, <laughs> his pelvis when that thing falls on him. Oh my goodness. Nice. Is this where he points over to Cozy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we showed we showed this part on the Cozy episode ages ago. It was right into Cozy's solo. Air raid sirens. They're chanting cozy.
great structured concert starting up. I mean, just absolute rocking, having that little break with Moody and Hodgkinson. Sticking in Soldier of Fortune, putting in these like Easter eggs for everybody. A little couple features from John's solo album in his solo. Then, of course, yeah. Cozy's going to do his normal 1812 overture, and then they're going to just close it out with a few more of their rockers. Just such a... Makes you really yeah, I mean, admire really, how they put it together for the fans. Don't really see anything like this anymore. No. I mean, it like truly is a show. And Cozy's just always I mean, had one of the more innovative solo segments where it's not just the, the typical drum solo where they go ba ba bo boom ba ba boom ba 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 like the standard thing you see every drummer do. Squadron. Squadron. Well, you figure too, even back then, Coverdale and all the rest of them being younger, they're still putting on a lot of shows, still clocking in a lot of performances. I mean, it's going to take a toll on you. So I was thinking halfway through that, I mean, he's probably featuring a lot of the other musicians so he can give it a rest sure, yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> or whatever else he is, does back there. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> or ramp it up a bit. <laughs> oh, behave. <laughs> oh, darling. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's he's using some of those keys back there right now. <laughs> he's gonna come back. With, there's gonna be a few keys missing. His when they showed the picture from behind Cozy, like his drums here, they look fine, but they look so like flat, you know, like usually they're tilted in towards you. And they are a little bit, but it, to me, it just looks like it would be hard to play like that. Oh, I guess from this angle, they don't look as flat. Hmm. a lot of tape and muffles on those heads. Nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that would never happen today. Oh, no.
And for anybody that didn't see that, it's because some friggin' fireworks went off inside the venue. Yeah, unfortunately, where we lived, there was a horrible tragedy involving pyrotechnics in a club. Look at the look at the dents in those tom heads. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably brand the new before the show. <laughs> I heard he was a really hard hitter, and he just used like tree trunks as as sticks. Like he was really uh, he's really heavy sticks. He's still going to throw that in, but. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. It's mandatory. I mean, he's not made of stone. Come on. <laughs> the drummers, if the drummers guild caught wind of him doing a solo without that, they'd be like, hey, buddy, we got to talk to you. No, you got to do the thing where you start slow and then you, you speed up doing the same thing. You know, thing. the bat boom bap and then it gets faster and faster. You got to throw it in. The kids love it. I highly suggest that you throw that in <laughs> or else you will be paid a visit by my curious associates. <laughs> It'd be a shame if that were to be missing. He's got like a box of tissues, look. <laughs> I'm like a little drum stand, it looked like. This little box of tissues. Maybe he had a little sniffles that night, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny because I don't use my electronic drum set very often. <laughs> I usually have a box of tissues on one of the toms. It's right over <laughs> here to my side. And I'm, yeah, I've got a little bit of a cold right now, too, so I'm... Mm. <laughs> the one thing me and Cozy have in common in our drum playing. <laughs> the, the only thing. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Still always makes me think of Fourth of July at your house when your dad would play this. <laughs> you have the Remember record. There was one year they they gave me control of uh, they gave me control of the music and I was like um, I think I was playing like the uh, the Star Wars theme. <laughs> and then I think one year I did the disco Star Wars theme. Oh, nice. Worked did you do well. a disco Ethel Merman? Uh, no, the Merms did not make an appearance. <laughs> the <Merms>. Or the Merm, <laughs> or what? I can't remember. Did she refer to herself the as Merms, that in the singular yeah. or the plural? Merms, yep. <laughs> yeah, so John and I were on the 70s Weekly Countdown on their Thanksgiving Day episode. Or Thanksgiving episode, I should say. Um, 
reviewing the Ethel Merman disco album, so you'll have to check it out if you haven't listened to it. If you have not already. Yes. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be in the past, but What are you doing with your life? Whoa! (laughs) It looks like he just went supernova. Oh, those were actual, like, huge flames. Nice. Throws the stick and catches it. (laughs) Now he's going to blow his nose. (laughs) Who else? Nice one, my son. Are you all right? Good. We'd like you to sing a song with us. All right. We got a slow blues song for you. Try and bring a little more sensibility back to Disneyland in here. What? Oh, we like it. It's a song called "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City." I'm. I couldn't didn't catch all that. Is that? <laughs> Peter has is Coverdale a belter? <laughs> Hi. That would be great if Ethel Merman was in the front row. Ah, I was just filming something with Red Skeleton and I heard you. You are belting it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say Red Skeleton? Yeah, that's what Ethel Merman said on that Judy Garland show. She's like, "Ah, I was filming something across the hall with Red Skeleton and I heard you girls were belters. I'm going to have to go back and hear that again because it's Red Skeleton, not Skeleton. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it. If she said Skeleton, that would be, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Who knows what goes on in the mind of the merms? Mm. I mean, to be fair, when I was a kid, I always thought, <laughs> I always thought it was Red Skeleton. Red Skeleton. Is what, Nothing. what is that, something for Halloween? <laughs> I thought he was, like, signaling to to the sound tech to put uh, something in his monitors, but... I think he was just saying, listen here. Man, that guy's gonna be getting tired. That woman's been on his shoulders like the entire show. <laughs> He's like, please leave leave me be. I mean he had to have had a couple of breaks, and that's We should have counted the keys. (laughs) 
sounds like a. I don't know if Hod- Hodgkinson moved to a. Uh, a fretless? It sounds fretless, but maybe it's just the way he's playing. No, that sounds fretless. What a great song. Yes. play this live ever I mean in recent hmm. years I don't know I don't know oh I got it open here let's see uh looks like he hasn't played it since 2008 well more recent than I would have thought he played it quite a bit in 2008 a bit in oh no they don't organize this by year actually 2008 was the most times they played but 1983 2019 might have played it when you went to go see him maybe can't remember no it looks at all the places he played it were Overseas in 2019. Makes sense. He'd he'd have to tailor his European set a little differently based on the fact Mm. that they know anything before 1987. Yeah. That's great. They're just clapping and everyone's singing along. This would be a great place to cut to the dancing guy. <laughs> if he was, if he was still dancing, it's like I retired in '78. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. I don't know why he sounds like that. <laughs> like I, don't do that, that like that. I don't know why he sound like this. He'd sound more like, "Hey, man, yeah, I just got a little tired of doing that, man. I just had to try some other stuff." be great if he's like a, like a high-powered businessman in like the city of London. The banker. Thanks. Get it done. 
Nice. <laughs> nice. Wow, playing all the future hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Future American hits, anyway. That's different. <laughs> they just did like a galloping metal riff instead of. Yeah. Ah, Fool for Your Loving. There you go. Fool for Your Loving. I think this one actually is Fool for Your Loving. It's like one of the rare ones where they don't put an apostrophe. <laughs> Miss the little the little lick they play there. A lot of it's kind of cool to hear their proto metal little galloping section. Getting all of his last little uh microphone stand tricks before the encore. It's cool, he kind of he has the Bernie look, like the same hair, the same kind of shirt Bernie would wear. Yeah. And it is cool to see them Prior to their players. American makeover where they all had to have the teased hair and dress a certain way. There used to be a Twitter account called Mickey Moody's Hat that I used to follow. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I think they stopped posting a while ago, but I haven't been on Twitter in a while, so... I bet the Gardeau is uh, making a note that when he gets home to look through his postcard selection to see if he's got any from Ludwig Schaven. I'm going to be eagerly waiting by the mailbox <laughs> see if I get something from the industrial city. 
Oh, Cozy's doing that double bass like crazy. Nice. Like he fires the the microphone stand like it's a rock, and he's like. <laughs> that would have been something if later performances he like was able to outfit the the three prongs at the end of the microphone stand with like fireworks or <laughs> like oh, spinning around. <laughs> yes, yeah, like tassels, <laughs> like something, to, something to make it flare up a little bit. Yeah. That would have been excess. Like if he did that at like the '87 tour, <laughs> yeah, he might have. He might have had then the he idea. Would have been at least. Like, all right, I think he's jumping the shark now. <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> that guy's got the sign back up. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Well, it's funny because they uh, well they showed it earlier, uh, but it's just funny that they're like, it just says sweet. Pretty good, um, pretty good, uh, amount of a pretty good crowd. I don't know what that is translating, uh, as one more song or something like that. This is 2,200 guests, 2,250 guests, so not huge. Cool-looking place. Yeah. Past performances include The Kinks, The Who, Dio, Rainbow, and Whitesnake. Thank you very much for your hospitality. We've got a little song for you, just a little one. <laughs> now we're going to take the fucking roof off, okay? <laughs> okay! <laughs> okay! <laughs> Singers are never... Satisfied the first time they ask a question. We want to thank you for being with us tonight. We want to thank you for making everything all right. We want to thank you. Slow blues. Slow blues. <laughs> I feel like at this point they're making shit up. <laughs> it's it's like an AI is listening to. Nah, it sounds like slow blues. Coverdale's doing a nice little dance there. This needs to have like a Blu-ray release just all souped up because this is an amazing show. Oh, yeah. The VHS tape's starting to get a little... Oh, there we go. I can 
I like a wine, period, women and song. And is that a, uh... yeah, they have an Anne with an apostrophe after it. Yeah, this is a great encore. I think that's another cool thing about White Snake at this time, which I haven't seen any later 80s or 90s performances, but, or maybe even with bands that are, um, didn't get as much success, but I mean, you could, you could put whatever you want into your set. You could finish off with whatever you want. You know, it yeah. doesn't have to be the hit. Right. So it makes for a very cool set list. And that's kind of the, the one, as, as much as we've really enjoyed seeing Deep Purple recently, that's always been our one complaint is the set list barely varies. Which we know why, we get it. But. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, man, it would be great to see them do something just a little more out there. You got one or two Hello. of the newest songs, and then all the others are just, you. you there's so, there's maybe 10% of the set that they play with. Well, it's our fault for being born at the wrong time and in the wrong country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's cool to just come out and do like, you know, the thank, you know, just a blues version of saying thank you to the crowd. Like, that's cool. Listen to these guys. Oof. Those guys were like, like synced up. Yep. Ooh, Colin Hodginson just laying in those those grooves there. And as much as I love Neil Murray, I'm really loving what uh, the Bombers bring into this show. Yep, there's somebody on the shoulders. Allow me to introduce you to the snakes on drums. <laughs> He's introducing them again. <laughs> too because I know that like a lot of times when vocalists will be introducing the band they don't introduce themselves yeah 
a lot of times. And I am David Coverdale. <laughs> I always thought that would be funny. It's like, and I'm David Coverdale. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it just seems like wrong. <laughs> it is a little weird. But yeah, I've been to some shows where they've had like the guitar player like come up to the mic and introduce the singer. But sometimes they don't. And it's just kind of weird because you're like, you feel they deserve it because they've been out front sure. <laughs> all night. Was that California Jam? Doesn't like John Lord come out and don't take too long. God bless you. Thank you, Germany. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> but doesn't John Lord like he does like a little rap on the microphone after like a couple does. songs? Uh, he did. I don't know if he introduced them, but kind of gave him a little rundown of what's going on. I think he might have introduced David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes at least because they were the new guys. But yeah, maybe. I, I can't. Uh, I should remember, but I can't. Very cool. Yeah, they're just playing it over the speakers. That was a heck of a show. Yeah, so who um, who recommended this one again? Uh, York. Well, of course. Thumbs up to York for a great recommendation because this was uh, this show did not disappoint. No, no, not at all. It's, uh, no, this was a great, great. Uh, I, I say it would say deep cut choice for a uh, a White Snake uh, live stream. Yeah, absolutely. Really glad we uh, got a chance to, to do that one and to do a daytime stream for our uh, wonderful European listeners. So uh, before mm-hmm. we close out, uh, it is time, of course, to thank our patrons and this uh, group of patrons. We have up next is our foundation level coming in at the three dollar and fifty cent deep Purple New York tier, we have Lord Longford. At the $3 aromatic feed tier, we have Simon Ford and Richard Brees. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, we have Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau in the chat. We have Ian DeRosier. And of course, I'm not sharing the audio with you, so you missed that. (laughs) And I worked so hard on it. All right. Hey, we're just going to do it again. (laughs) Oh, Nate. Just just because this is the it's a debut jingle. So Um, Ian DeRosier, the prog frog himself. Uh, Mark Roback. I misfired. <laughs> Stuart McCord. Mm. Then we have. 
And then two-thirds of our Norwegian contingent on the stream today, we have Ivan Fjellbu. And Runar Siemensen. Then, of course, we have J.J. Snard, Ruinous Inadequacies, and John Maselli. Oh, hey. They know you're lost. This way they won't think you couldn't get a date. <laughs> and Michael Boyette and Corey Morissette. And at the $1.71 I want my own tier tier, we have... Rich, Young, at the 10 kroner tier, Karsten Lau. And at the $1 made up name tier, we have the lying in the shadow of the tomb, Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999 fanatic, also on the stream, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashenal, Ashen Lionel, <laughs> Blackmore Tights, Steve Down to Earth Kohler, Swapper the Electric Alchemist, Anders Engstrom, Ashley, still I hear Burn Rose and ICDC. Thank you so much to all of you for your uh, generous support of the Deep Purple podcast. Um, yeah, and there you have it, folks. That is the um, excellent concert. Had a lot of fun hanging out with all of you. Um, yeah, just a, just an amazing, uh, uh, amazing show all around. Uh, uh, Stevens recommended another White Snake uh, video, so we'd of course love to do a. More White Snake live shows in the future. If you have any um, any suggestions, let us know. The Gardo says he gives this a five erect mic stand rating. I would. Uh, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. It's a great one. Really, really good. Um, yeah, really fun to see, fun to listen to, and uh, yeah, I'll be looking out. I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes open for a good audio only version of this because that's worth uh, worth a listen for sure. Yeah, I think that this uh, when we do a uh, anything White Snake or uh, Coverdale themed, we should have a, a separate rating system. You know, like a like a five dong rating system. <laughs> I like the erect <laughs> mic stands. That's good. <laughs> a little yeah. less vulgar, but either way, <laughs> eh, a yeah, just a little dong. <laughs> dong is a good word, though. Yeah, that's why I recommended it. Oh uh, man! All right, folks. Well. It is time to uh, wrap it up, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week for what subject will it be? Who knows? Nobody knows. Nobody in the world knows, but you'll find out next Monday. Thanks so much, everybody. Until then, we wish you well. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple Podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Where's this harness? Oh, we forgot it at home. Where's the retractable leash? Forgot that too. He takes a crap. Where are the poop bags? Oh, I forgot those. Did you remember anything for this fucking dog?